0: Just a safe space where I share personal stories from my spiritual journey. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Earth Keepers Podcast. There's a lot of energy swirling right now leading up to the spring equinox here in the Northern Hemisphere. We move into this energetic new year this Saturday, March 20th at 3.37 a.m. here in the Mountain Time Zone. You've probably felt a lot of old, dense energy and timelines clearing away lately in both your physical and energetic bodies, as well as in your dreams and waking states. For me, I've been reminded time and again the last few months that the process of ascension happens in the body. And the more we can do to upgrade our nervous systems and physical body to allow these new energies to anchor in, the smoother and more comfortable this process will be. So today, we're going to talk about some other energies being sent to Earth for us to work with, along with a couple strange dreams I've had in the past week that pointed me back to them. It may feel like a bit of a more cerebral thinking episode, but it's actually not. Although there is a lot of information that you can absorb, you can also just chill out and absorb the frequencies that are riding along with the words I'll be sharing. Your choice. But before we jump in, I want to take a minute to let you know that I have a free video training on learning to work with the healing energies of nature. If you haven't watched it yet, there's a link in the show notes to get access. In the training, you'll learn my three keys to meeting the spirits of the land. I'll share with you how to be prepared to communicate, how to meet these spirits, and then how to deepen your connection. It's totally free, so click the link in the show notes if you'd like to watch it. Okay, on with the stories. So over the past week, I have had two different dreams with similar themes. What was the theme? Alien invasion. But actually, that wasn't the theme at all. Alien invasion was more like the plot. I didn't see an actual alien in either dream. And I wasn't in danger. I wasn't fearful. In the first dream, I was living in New York City and walking outside on a busy neighborhood sidewalk after dark. When I stopped and looked up at the sky, I could see lights flying in very definite formations. I pointed the lights out to people around me on the sidewalk and said, do you see that? They did see them, but they didn't seem particularly interested or bothered by the fact that there were hundreds of ships flying right overhead. Instead, they just kind of collectively shrugged and said, oh, those are just SpaceX satellites. I was confused as to why they would think these lights flying in formation and moving around the sky in different patterns would be a series of satellites, so I just stood there watching, incredulous that nobody else found this unusual. Suddenly, there were some very visible explosions. Even though these ships were out in space, they were close enough to see that they were shooting and blowing each other up. So I pointed again to the people around me on the street saying, look, they're exploding now. And the people just shrugged again and said, sometimes the satellites explode. That's normal. I just stood there watching what was clearly an epic space battle happening right over my head and realized that the people around me were completely believing a story they had been told about this being satellites in orbit even though evidence to the contrary was right in front of them. When I woke up, I was a little rattled at first. I mean, where did that dream come from? I hadn't been watching any movies about aliens or space battles, but I quickly realized that wasn't the point of the dream at all. The point was that sometimes even seeing isn't believing. That When our belief in an idea is so strong, it's not even possible to see evidence to the contrary of that belief. So fast forward a week or so, and I had another alien invasion dream. This time, there were a group of people who definitely knew what was about to happen and were actively working to stop it, even though most people had no idea. At first, I was helping a woman who tended a portal her portal wasn't functioning properly and needed to be fixed so that the aliens couldn't slip through. I don't remember anything actually happening, but apparently the alien takeover must have happened because I was then wandering around in a kind of school campus and each country had isolated themselves to their own classroom and were working on figuring out how to rebuild their societies. I ended up somewhere where I was being shown how to remedy the situation for each individual person. It wasn't about fixing everyone and everything. It was about shifting each person's perception of reality. I would have them lie down on a stone slab with a selenite cradle for their head to rest in. Then I scanned their energy field looking for any symbols that connected them to specific frequencies of reality that no longer served them, and removed the symbols. Different symbols were like a key in a lock for a certain experience on Earth. Remove the symbols, change the person's reality. When I woke up, I couldn't help but immediately think of the prior week's dream. Not just because they both had an alien invasion storyline, but... Because they both had a kind of bigger theme about reality not totally being real, each person's reality was real to them, but not necessarily to anyone else. And I began to wonder if the aliens in my dreams were really more like alien thought forms, or rather other ideas and beliefs trying to access our subconscious. And our subconscious is running around like crazy, trying to shut down the portals so that nothing new can get in. And if that's the fact, what lengths do we go to to consciously and subconsciously either ignore or fight off new ideas or beliefs? Can we just remove or release ideas that are lodged in our energy field in order to access completely different states of consciousness or awareness? As I laid in bed awake for quite some time after that dream, I couldn't help but think of Saint Germain and his Cave of Symbols. I journeyed there a few months ago through an online course I was taking to work with new earth frequency crystals and codes. The Cave of Symbols is one of Saint Germain's etheric retreats in the higher realms and in in Table Mountain in Wyoming. Although It is a physical place. The retreat isn't there in the physical, but you can journey there with your consciousness. In this particular etheric retreat, you can work to remove distorted energy symbols on your light body that have been imprinted in other lives on Earth and throughout the cosmos. These symbols get triggered as we expand our light bodies and then send distorted impulses through our field to distract us. The symbols can lock in pain and trauma through past lives, making it a struggle to release stuck patterns, go deeper into ancestral healing, or just hold on to memories and soul fragments in specific timelines, which makes my dream make sense. I was helping to kind of comb these symbols out of people's light bodies because so long as they were there, there were certain elements of reality, for lack of a better word, that They just couldn't see or access. It wasn't that they needed to be saved from an alien invasion. It was that their expanded light bodies were being restricted by old, outdated, or just plain hijacked programs that were held within their frequency. So when I tuned in to ask what I should share on this week's podcast, I was told to share more about the seven sacred flames and their associated ascended masters which will explain more about why I journeyed to work with St. Germain in the first place. Maybe I'll make something more in-depth about the cave of symbols in the future, but for now, I'm being guided to share the frequency of the rays themselves so that you have a big-picture overview of what I'm talking about and how you can work with these frequencies for yourself. Because ultimately, we all hold these rays within us and can work with them to consciously co-create. The rays have been coming in and out of my consciousness for at least four years now, although I'm sure they've been with me for many lifetimes. And over the past year or two, I've noticed more than just the first seven coming into my awareness. But to understand what the rays are, we have to go back again to the time of Atlantis. During the golden age of Atlantis, there were 12 rays. These rays of light come directly from source and pour down through the sun and onto earth for us to access the wisdom, information, and healing energy held within them. Each ray holds a different color, frequency, and ascended master that governs it. As the golden age of Atlantis was slowly eroded and powers misused, the five higher rays, known as master rays, were withdrawn from the earth, leaving only seven available to us. However, Since 2001, as both humanity's and Earth's collective frequency has increased, the Intergalactic Council has slowly allowed all five higher rays to return. Each ray has an ascended master who kind of supervises the energies held within it, and nearly all of the masters had lives on Atlantis. You're likely familiar with the energy of many of the ascended masters already. Paul the Venetian, Serapis Bay... Mary Magdalene, the Buddha, and Saint Germain are just a few. As their incarnated selves, these ascended masters, who were the 12 high priests and priestesses of Atlantis, split into two groups during the fall of Atlantis. Six were connected to the energy that became Greece, and six to the energy that became Egypt. And this is who we now refer to as the Greek and Egyptian gods, because At the fall of Atlantis, each of these incarnated masters led their people to safety and used their knowledge and wisdom to rebuild society from the ground up. Make sense? Okay, so now let's talk about each of the rays. But first, like I said, know that you don't need to hold all of this information in your head or even understand it on a mental level. I have called in the energy of the ascended masters to share the frequency of each ray with you as we discuss it. So you can just feel into the vibration coming through this recording and let whatever you need to be absorbed into your physical, emotional, or spiritual body. The primary resource for the main seven rays was channeled by Aurelia Louise Jones in the book, The Seven Sacred Flames. The book is no longer in print, but I do have a PDF version of it that I've linked in the show notes if this information is really calling to you. So the first ray is blue, and it is the divine will of God. Some of the qualities associated with this flame are protection, faith, and omnipotence. I've been experimenting lately with invoking this ray as my protection when I'm doing work in the middle world. Instead of containing my energy in a bubble of light, I instead imagine standing in a blue ray of divine protection. Master Elmoira oversees this ray from his etheric retreat, the Temple of Goodwill in Darjeeling, India. He guards and protects the spiritual and religious movements, protecting whatever specific ideas will benefit the human race and help its evolution. Master El Moira asks us if we are choosing to create our ascension with the earth or if we are choosing to wait for the events to take place and simply hoping for the best. The qualities we develop when working with the first ray are courage, faith, initiative, dependability, constancy, self-reliance, and self-trust. It's very much a divine masculine energy that assists us in getting things done and bringing our divine self forward now rather than later. This ray also works with Archangel Michael, our throat chakra, the color blue, any blue crystals or gemstones, and the energy is amplified each week on Monday. The second ray is the flame of illumination and wisdom, and is the color yellow. The qualities of this ray are illumination, wisdom, omniscience, understanding through love, perception, comprehension, discrimination, and activation of the mind of God. Lord Lonto, the teacher of ancient wisdom, oversees this ray from his retreat, the Great Hall of Illumination, in the Grand Teton Mountain Range in Wyoming. Lord Lonto, the great light of ancient China, chose to use the second ray to embrace the hearts of mankind. He is dedicated to assist the evolution of this planet through the cosmic Christ illumination. In the last days of Lumeria, those that tended the flames upon the altars of the temples were warned of the coming cataclysm. Those responsible for the flames removed and carried them elsewhere to places of safety, depositing them in other physical retreats or transferring them to the etheric octave. It was Lord Lonto who carried the flame of precipitation and deposited it in the area of the Grand Teton mountain range. Lord Lonto shares with us that nature creates beauty to inspire us to return to our own divinity. Our body has eyes to see, ears to hear, and feet to walk, and our bodies were created for very specific purposes. The mental body is designed to create the mold of perfection. The emotional body is meant to fill our form with life, and our physical body, with all its faculties, is meant to externalize consciousness in a world of form. I mean, that's pretty magical when you think about it, right? So, one of the most powerful avenues by which thoughts and feelings become manifest is through the right use of the throat chakra. The words you speak or even think about become the final step down transformer by which the desired manifestation is lowered into the world of form. This is done through the use of affirmations, decrees, and prayer offered to your higher self directly from your heart in connection with your throat center. Humanity has been very proficient in creating discord, pain, and challenge for themselves by the wrong use of the throat center, Lord Lanto says. He asks that we begin noticing how we create misery for ourselves by the wrong use of your power center and by the way you speak to yourself and others. Resolve today to speak only words of love and harmony, which you create through your throat center always comes back to you multiplied many times over, whether it is created in love or in discord, he says. This ray is also associated with the crown chakra, Archangel Jophiel, the color yellow, stones like tiger's eye and golden topaz, and is amplified each week on Sunday. Now, the third ray is the flame of cosmic love, and it is pink. Its qualities include unconditional love, compassion, charity, the love of the Holy Spirit, and initiations of the heart chakra. It's governed by Paul the Venetian from his retreats in southern France and New York City. He is devoted to the ray of love and wisdom of the heart, which encompasses both the Buddhic wisdom principles and the Christ love principles. He works closely with Archangel Shamuel, using the pink ray of love to open our hearts through art, music, and color. With the assistance of Master Hilarion, they ensure that new technology and science has creative and artistic input. He also works with sound healing to help restore harmony and transmit to us the rainbow frequencies of light. He is the initiator of the heart chakra. You can call upon Paul the Venetian to assist you in creating all that your heart desires. Of course, this ray is connected to the heart chakra, the color pink and stones like rose quartz and ruby. The energy of this ray is amplified each week on Tuesday. The fourth ray is the ascension flame of purification and is the color white. The qualities of this ray are purity, wholeness, Christ consciousness, and becoming God through the consciousness of the Divine Mother. It is governed by Lord Serapis Bay, who oversees this ray from his retreat, the Great Hall of Ascension in Luxor, Egypt. Serapis Bay is the disciplinarian. Although real discipline is not control over another to thwart progress, but instead holds in check the human qualities to allow the real self to have expression. It's the discipline to bring all of our embodiments together in order to ascend. He assists all who call on him in developing intuitive and heartfelt creative aspects. Lord Serapis Bay can be called upon to open your eyes to the beauty of God's creations. This ray connects with the root chakra, the color white, stones like azurite and snow quartz, and Archangel Gabriel. Its energy is amplified each week on Friday. Now the fifth ray is the flame of healing and manifestation, and is the color green. Its qualities are healing at all levels, truth, creation through manifestation, and God's abundance through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. It is governed by Master Hilarion, who oversees this ray from his retreat, the Temple of Truth in Crete. Master Hilarion comes with wonderful energy and embodies pure, unconditional love. He is ready to assist us in our growth and goal of returning to Source. One of his primary focuses is that of healing, reaching out to all who desire his assistance. His healing is all-encompassing and includes the healing of the physical body, as well as the healing of emotions, the mind, and spirit. He's also a teacher of truth and science. Hilarion and his brotherhood are the self-appointed guardians of those on earth who have devoted their lives to further the cause of science, the secrets of nature, and the alchemy of the fifth ray. Now, I don't know if you've noticed, but I especially connect with this ray, and often wear the color green, have a lot of green decor in my house, and fill my spaces with green plants. These are all ways we can bring the frequency of a particular ray into our daily lives. So this ray is associated with the third eye chakra, the color green, of course, Archangel Raphael, and stones like emerald and jade. Its energy is amplified on Wednesday. So the sixth ray is the ray of resurrection and is a purple-gold color. Its qualities are selfless service of God and mankind, devotion to one's fellow man, spiritual worship through devotion and reverent feelings. It is governed by Lord Sananda and Lady Nada, known in their last embodiment as Jesus and Mary Magdalene. They oversee this ray from their retreat, the Temple of Resurrection near Jerusalem, and another one in Saudi Arabia, northeast of the Red Sea. Formally embodied in their last incarnation as Jesus and Mary Magdalene, they work together to assist the earth and the evolution of humanity towards ascension through the pathway of unconditional love on the sixth ray of service and ministry of the love of Christ. Together, they embody the purple and gold ray of peace, service, ministry, and true brotherhood. She holds the divine energy of love for humanity, along with Lord Sananda, and works very closely with him. She's also known as the goddess of love. Jesus represents divine love and the higher realms of spirit. He is the symbol of Christianity for many, but he represents the ascension process of humanity rising back to God or source. Master Jesus has the task of purifying the distorted teachings initiated by the fears of the early fathers of the Christian churches And removing the man made dogmas and doctrines which have corrupted the purity of his teachings almost from the beginning 2000 years ago. Regardless of your religion, you may call upon Jesus to assist you in any area of your life. This ray is connected to the solar plexus, Archangel Uriel, the colors purple and gold, and stones like citrine and pyrite. Its energy is amplified on Thursday. And finally, The seventh ray is the Flame of Transmutation, also known as the Violet Flame. Its qualities include freedom, transmutation, transformation, diplomacy, ceremony, and application of the science of true alchemy. This ray is governed by Master St. Germain from his retreat in Transylvania, Romania, and the Great Violet Flame Temple in Jackson Peak, Wyoming. Now, let's not forget some of St. Germain's earthly incarnations, who you might also encounter in your journeys or meditations. He was Jesus's father, Joseph, as well as Merlin and Sir Francis Bacon, who I discussed a bit a few episodes back. I'll link to that episode in the show notes if you want to go back and listen. The Violet Flame will help you to pull forward all of the knowledge you have accumulated from other lives. You can let the violet fire blaze up, in, through, and around your body, and especially through your brain structure, commanding it to transmute the hard and unforgiving thoughts and feelings in your etheric, mental, and emotional bodies. These hardcore feelings create most of your distress. Let them be replaced by grateful, joyous, receptive feelings which open your world to the lightness of God and make you a magnet drawing all the good to you that you once knew. When you want the violet fire of freedom's love, mercy, and compassion to act in your world, start invoking it in the name and authority of your own I am presence. This flame becomes more powerful each time it's called forth. The flame is your freedom as it blazes in, through, and around you. Invoke it daily and let go of emotional, mental, etheric, and physical chaos except the divine justice which has the heritage of your being to become a god and goddess on this earth and then achieve the full glory of ascension. This flame connects to the seat of the soul, Archangel Zadkiel, the color violet, and stones like amethyst and violet fluorite. The energy is amplified on Saturday. Now, since the last full moon, when I felt a big shift in frequency, I've been seeing people sharing in the Following Hawks Earth Keepers community on Facebook that they're seeing and experiencing the combination of these rays coming to Earth as rainbow plasma frequencies. There are some beautiful photos in the group if you want to go check them out. But I've also seen them myself. When these first seven rays are combined, you have a rainbow frequency. These light frequencies are bridging levels of consciousness assisting us with the embodiment and merging our awareness with our multidimensional self. You might see them, hear them, or feel them, whatever is in alignment with your personal journey. They can appear like vibrating walls of 5D rainbow colors. And while solar plasma can be used for sealing or protection, it's also an excellent delivery system for light codes. Now, I know that was a lot to absorb all at once. So again, if you want to dig in deeper to really work with these rays, I suggest the book that I'll link in the show notes. It's got 200 pages of channeling with these masters, guided meditations and journeys and prayers, as well as invocations to work with each of these rays. However, you don't have to logically know all of this information if you don't want to. It's enough to just feel into the frequencies as you listen and trust that you absorbed what is needed. And what does all of this have to do with the earth? I mean, everything, of course, (laughs) because we're not doing this ascension thing all by ourselves. The earth is ascending too, right along with us. It has been supporting our evolution for millions of years now. The earth is a living conscious being Of exceptional love and patience. We are never alone on this journey, A L O N E, but are instead being shown that we are all one, A L L O N E. So now what? How can you bring the teachings and energy of the rays into your day to day life? There's literally no limit to your creativity here. I would encourage you to go back to episode 19 where Spirit laid out a simple formula called creativity plus consciousness equals change. You could pick one ray to work with at a time, or work with the one associated with each day of the week on that day of the week. You can say the invocations, wear the associated colors, keep a related gemstone in your pocket, or call on that ascended master in meditation. You could create an altar to whichever ray you want to call in. Imagine going about your daily activities while standing in the ray you want to embody. The list goes on and on. So don't forget that your imagination is very real in the etheric. Whatever you can create in your mind's eye or feel in your heart is very much a reality. So have fun with these rays and let me know what you create. Now, before we part ways for the week, I do want to share a bit with you about the Earth Tenders Academy. Other than doing a few property readings and healings each month, the Earth Tenders Academy is the one and only paid offering that I share. I'm sure that you found your way here to the Earth Keepers podcast because you probably noticed at some point that nature is communicating with you. And maybe you're not totally sure that you can trust that you're receiving the messages correctly. Or you might even feel a little nervous about interacting with the spirits of nature altogether. But unfortunately, Communicating and doing energy work with the spirits of the land hasn't been taught in our culture. We're not sure what to do, we're not sure how to do it, and so often we end up doing nothing at all. We wait around to receive information from these spirits, but communicating with spirit is an active activity. You have to learn how to channel so you can have a two-way conversation. It's also very common that we just don't trust the information we receive we worry we're making it all up or just imagining the messages that are coming through. But I've discovered that having a mentor and a supportive community as you're learning these skills makes all the difference. I spent years of trial and error working together with my guides to learn how to work with the land in this way and let's be honest it makes for some good stories here on the podcast. But In the Earth Tenders Academy, I share what I've learned to help you uncover your own gifts, work with your own guides, and offer your healing energy to the earth. The Earth Tenders Academy is a self-paced online journey with a supportive community where you'll learn to work with the ancestors, the spirits of the land, and the energies of the earth to deepen your already strong connection to the natural world. Through the course, you'll learn by doing. Each of the nine modules includes One or more video lessons from me explaining the concepts, followed by guided meditations so you can experience the lesson and practice your skills as often as you'd like. You'll also be part of a community. Our spiritual journeys can often feel isolating when we don't know others that are doing this work. The Earth Tenders Academy Facebook group is a place to share and connect with other like-minded people walking similar paths. Sometimes we even team up to work on projects together. You'll also receive ongoing support work through the course at the pace that's comfortable for you. But I host two live calls every month for all Earth tenders to practice our skills together, answer questions, and chat about what's coming up for us as we do this work in the world. So if this work is calling to you, I would love to have you join our community. There is a link in the show notes where you can learn more. Okay, that's it for this week's episode. I will see you right back here next Tuesday.